research that resonates. Schweitzer has not been wrong on any of his years and years of reporting on the Bidens. Investigations that matter. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. But that's, you know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of things that would have happened in my life that, uh, that if my last name wasn't Biden. The only entities, the only people that would report on this, and Peter Schweitzer, who deserves a Medal of Freedom, in my view, This is The Drill Down with Peter Schweitzer. Hi, I'm Peter Schweitzer, and welcome to The Drill Down, where we relentlessly expose cronyism, corruption, and the abuse of power in Washington, D.C. Sitting by my side is Eric Eggers, vice president here at the Government Accountability Institute and an author in his own right. Now, Eric, I know you have kids, and your kids are actually quite young, and sometimes you tell them to do a thing, to not do a thing. And they go ahead and do it anyways. No, not me, man. My kids are all incredibly well behaved. Okay. Well, now, wait a second. We did have a party on Friday night and I saw them and I know that's not true. No, you're right about that. They, uh, they're actually <laughs> terrible. Uh, their favorite hobbies are coloring with chalk and overt parental defiance. So, <laughs> no, so that my children were oftentimes aggressively disobey. That's well, correct. When, you, when your kids disobey, sometimes there are bad inferences, bad yep. things that can happen as a result. Uh, but in the case of our federal government, it's even worse. And our federal government's been exactly doing that. You remember back in April when the Department of Homeland Security got so much heat for having the board of disinformation that they ultimately disbanded? Was that the one with the uh, the lady that was like doing the crazy singing? It is. They're laundering disinfo and we really should take note and not support their lies with our wallet voice or vote. Oh, information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes them lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet so yes, Information's origin seems slightly less atrocious. <laughs> well, it turns out they didn't really disband that uh, board of disinformation. In a new report by The Intercept, it shows that, in fact, our government agencies have been meeting in secret collaborating with big tech companies to stifle what they say is disinformation. Oh, that's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> it has a little bit more implication than when your child you know, goes and grabs the cookie uh, with when you tell them not to do it. No, it's a, it's a huge, huge story and a huge, huge problem. And we're going to delve into that today to talk about what they're exactly doing uh, what they classify as "quote unquote" disinformation, and what the impact of this might be, and you think it might be pretty severe. I think the impact is dramatically severe, but it, even just conceptually, think about what you just said. The government <laughs> said, "Okay, we're not going to do this thing that everybody agrees is a terrible idea," right? And they keep doing it, and in doing it in secret by partnering with tech companies to control what they say is misinformation or disinformation from being out there. We've already seen overt censorship efforts, I think, swing a presidential election. Absolutely. The 2020 election, the Hunter Biden laptop, which yep. was said to be Russian, Russian disinformation, which it certainly was not. Right. And if you and if you actually go back and look at this Nina Jankowicz lady, that's the lady that was singing. She gave an interview to NPR after she was, you know, after she she quit, right? Because right. they paused the thing. Right. She goes, "Oh, I can't be out there singing like this. I'm out." So, um, in, in the interview with NPR, she's like, "Well, no, we sh- this is important because, like, why is Homeland Security in the disinformation business anyway?" And she's like, "Well, it matters because let's say somebody created a deep fake video on like how to uh, evacuate during a storm, like if, like if a bad actor like was trying to, you know." 
right. endanger Americans through that. Right. Like, okay, but that's not what they were doing. That's right. That's not what they're policing. Right. Uh, and in fact, the FBI agent that apparently went to uh, Twitter and told them to deep six the Hunter Biden lap story in 2020 uh, didn't get fired. She's actually now advising the White House on disinformation policy. So we're going to a- unpack all of this, discuss what the issue is, why you should be concerned about it. We have an election that's going to be taking place tomorrow. We're taping this on a Monday. So what do you think is going to happen on Tuesday? What do you think is going to happen in the election? What's your fearless prediction? Yeah, you know, I'm terrible at predictions. So am I. Yeah, no, you are. You actually are terrible. <laughs> in hindsight, we should not have let you get in the oil speculation business. <laughs> <laughs> it just begins there. It doesn't end there. Uh, yeah, no, terrible. Pred- but what do you think? Do you think the conventional wisdom that it's going to be a big day for Republicans is is going to come true? Yeah, well, if it does true, if it does come true, I think it's just historically consistent, right? I think it's yeah. just for historical purposes in 1994, two years after Bill Clinton took over, Republicans won eight Senate seats and 54 House seats. In 2010, two years after Obama, the GOP picked up six Senate seats and 63 House seats. Yeah, That's what happens when, you know, I mean, Bin Laden's dead, General Motors is alive, but also the House is in Republican control. <laughs> yeah, that's so. exactly right. Big <laughs> reaction against Barack Obama oh my gosh. And, and the health care plan and probably a big reaction this time against Joe Biden. It's, it's possible, but I think if it doesn't happen, yeah. Uh, some people will want to blame, um, you know, like, hey, how come Democrats outperformed what some of the polling suggested would happen? Where is this red wave? Is it voter fraud? And I mean, so th- and that will be, I think, important to ask those questions. Ironically, the censorship by places like the Department of Homeland Security might prevent people from asking those questions. But I think potentially if Democrats do better, it could be because of coordination, active coordination by both Department of Homeland Security with big tech and also the things that the Department of Justice has been doing also in secret. And I think the thing, the common link between both what DHS and DOJ are doing that will impact this election is I think you could qualify both as mission creep. Yeah, mission creep. And we're going to talk about mission creep. We've talked about it before. Here's why I think this is such an important subject and why this is probably, in my opinion, more important than the issue of voter fraud. If you have problems, if you have, let's say, irregularities is a term they use, uh, it's going to happen in certain geographical locations. It's going to happen in Pennsylvania outside of Philadelphia, or maybe it's going to happen somewhere in Illinois, or there's going to be a county somewhere in Arizona where there are irregularities. But because the electoral system is diffused, Mm -hmm. no no one controls the entire process. It's limited. It can be contained. When you're talking about our federal government saying we are going to shape information policy, uh, that's when you get scary outcomes because that has an impact on everyone voting. Now, mission creep, what do we mean? What do you mean when you say mission creep and how does it apply in this instance? Great. It'd be like if Chick-fil-A started selling steak sandwiches, essentially, <laughs> right? Like you set out to do a thing right. and then you start doing other things. Yeah. They'd uh, have to get rid of the cow commercials, by the way. Right. right. Well, or they'd find a different use for the cows, right? But <laughs> right, the right. point is, um, yeah, and, but we've seen bureaucratic agencies, federal government agencies. This happens all the time. We actually have done several podcasts. Remember when COVID happened in 2020, yep. uh, we started talking about CDC. How come CDC wasn't better prepared to deal with this, you know, virus this this pandemic and like well what's cdc been doing for the last 60 years and one of the things they've gotten into other things right they started off with the cdc with a 10 million dollar budget fewer than 400 employees and now it's like a 15 billion dollar budget and they do stuff like look at playground equipment and environmental justice health equity as opposed like no we're supposed to keep people from communicable diseases right 
right, right. Exactly. Well, and Mission Creep in this particular case yeah. involves the Department of Homeland Security, which was formed, remember, in 2003 under President George W. Bush. Uh, and it came to sort of fill the gaps in security and to promote cooperation between government agencies because of the September 11th attacks. I mean, in other words, this was supposed to be a counterterrorism organization. Which, and they have gone from that to monitoring Twitter. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Guys from Homeland Security used to be like really impressive guys. Like, yeah, you know, can't talk about that. Yeah. Now they're literally watching social media accounts and it has become so uh, uh, ridiculous um, the Department of Homeland Security uh, has an advisory committee to something called the Cybersecurity and Infra Infrastructure Security Agency, and they submitted a report to the director that advocated for an increase in the agency role to shape the quote-unquote information ecosystem. And the report recommends the agency to monitor, quote, social media platforms of all sizes, mainstream media, cable news, hyper-partisan media, whatever that is, talk radio, and other online resources. So they've gone from using spy satellites to try to find Al-Qaeda leaders to monitoring some blogger who's saying crazy stuff about whatever he wants in literally less than two decades right yes. i mean that's the terrifying yeah. part about it and in hindsight we probably should have seen this coming because after 9 11 it's like well wait the cia knew a little bit about these guys right and <laughs> right. the fbi knew something so how come how come they're not talking right yeah what's our solution and this is you know a republican uh let's create a new federal agency that will improve bureaucratic right. efficiency and obviously and so yeah you end up with this government agency that needs something to do right and so they're now finding something to do afghanistan's not a threat anymore iraq's not a threat anymore and not a lot of terrorism going on thank goodness right we're thankful for that and i'm sure homeland security has something to do with that hey, but you are incorrect the terrorism is <laughs> happening on parlor obviously <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> that's somebody's job words there. are <laughs> violence remember <laughs> words are violence it has changed so there's a history here it began under dhs secretary uh nielsen in the trump administration administration. She established a countering foreign influence task force uh, to focus on infrastructure disinformation. This goes, remember back in the 2016 election, oh, yeah. how the Russians were uh, going on Facebook, spreading disinformation. Back when it was okay to question election outcomes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And remember the Russians. So you've got this government, federal government agency that has a budget of tens of billions of dollars and the Russians spent a hundred thousand dollars on Facebook ads. <laughs> so we've got to create this massive. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy when you think about it. It's like the reverse cold war, right? Yeah, like they're like spending us into oblivion. Exactly. Yeah. We do. Reagan did the opposite. Yeah. He spent the Russians in a bankruptcy, but this goes to your point. Mission creep center for disease control. They wanted a bigger budget. So let's start looking at playground equipment. We don't have a lot of pandemics going on, but when the pandemic actually comes, they're not prepared. That's the fear here with Homeland Security. They're creating new functions for themselves uh, that are probably going to make them less prepared for terrorism attack. But there are serious implications and problems here. Um, for example, what actually is disinformation? Well, that's exactly the problem. Uh, and because guess who doesn't know? The yeah. federal government. <laughs> like they, so you've got literally, I mean, right. hundreds of millions of dollars being spent to police disinformation, and we don't have a clear definition of what it is. And oh, by the way, the times that we have thought we knew what it was, we were wrong right. with election-shaping consequences. I mean, not to go back to the Hunter Biden laptop story all the time, but the reality is like they worked 
like you said, the FBI worked with, and the FBI is, by the way, under the Department of Justice. So they're sitting there working with big tech companies. They're working with media platforms saying this is disinformation. They killed a real story they that was really important. About the son of the president, about potential business interests between the president and his son and foreign governments and all kinds of like, you know, why are we making decisions? I guess yeah. he wasn't the president then, but still, right. um, he became president partly because that story was suppressed. Yeah. And another example would be vaccine effectiveness. This is one of the things that they're going to, to look at. And look, you can have all kinds of views on vaccines, but it's pretty clear. If you go back and look at the uh, video clips and audio clips from, say, 2021, President Biden, healthcare officials, they all said, if right. you take the vaccine, you will not get COVID and you will not transmit COVID. We now know that's not true. So the point is sometimes our knowledge changes, right, of facts and information. The problem is when you're combating disinformation, you don't know all the time whether it's disinformation. This is what the Department of Homeland Security uh, Office of the Inspector General says, that they are designed to fight, quote, false news such as misinformation, disinformation, and malinformation that are used to shape public opinion, undermine trust, amplify division, and sow discord. And they define disinformation as fabricated information intended to mislead or cause harm. And the point is, the federal government bureaucrats are going to tell us, are going to decide for us what is fabricated information and whether it's intended to mislead or cause harm. It's crazy when they've been wrong. Right. So that's it. So, but they, but they get okay with it. Right. right because right. I mean, I would love to, for all my friends that took the vaccine to be able to talk to this person about it. Unfortunately, all my friends that took the vaccine are dead. So yeah. no, yeah, that's okay. a joke. That's, that's <laughs> not true. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We're going to get flagged by Homeland Security. <laughs> Thank you for that. Eric. Well, now this grows out of something that has been going on for decades. Disinformation has been a problem for decades. And the federal government has tried to combat it during the Cold War. You remember the Russians were spreading information. One of the one of the points they said in the 1980s and 90s was that the United States actually was was sending AIDS around the world. That AIDS was actually something that came from a U.S. government laboratory, and that we were sp spreading it to kill Africans in Africa. Uh, that is a clear example of disinformation. And originally, the plan was. A foreign government is doing this. They're doing it overseas. We're not talking about some issue that's being debated in a presidential election in the United States. We're talking about something a foreign power is saying that's clearly wrong overseas. They started combating it. Now we've got mission creep because now they're doing it on debate within the United States on issues that are hotly contended. And that can swing elections. This is dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. No, I totally agree. And I think between that and the impact, I mean, if, I guess just put it like big picture frame. What's actually happening? You've got federal government is active, is proactively engaging in society. And I think an unprecedented way, mm -hmm. right? Yep. In a way that I think impacts lots of aspects of American behavior including potentially how we vote based on the information that we have, right? If, based on what information we have or don't have access to, it impacts behavior. Big tech companies have been doing it for years. We've talked about this before. We, yep. you know, Google knows with the search engine manipulation effect, it can impact behavior. So yeah, if the, the federal government, I mean, ironically, it started while Donald Trump was president and 
but it just shows you that like even Donald Trump's homeland security helped work to suppress the thing that would have actually helped the president of the United States. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, because government bureaucrats are going to operate, they want to operate. And, and here's the problem. Here's the mindset. So FBI agent Laura Demlo, uh, she is the one that coordinated with Facebook to kill the Hunter Biden laptop story in 2020. Remember, you had Mark Zuckerberg, the head of Facebook, came out in an interview a few months ago, and he said, the FBI told us this is likely Russian disinformation, so they dialed it down so very few people could have access to that story. Um, Agent Demlo um, has said, expressed publicly, that she's concerned about how disinformation is undermining trust in the federal government. Now, I would argue the problem is not disinformation. It's the poor performance of our federal government that is undermining trust. But never mind. But here's what she says. She said in a March meeting of this year, Demlo said that, quote, we need a media infrastructure that is held accountable. Now, the question is, there was a, a uh, Roman poet. Uh-oh. You got yeah, all the references I'm today. Good. I know. A Roman poet uh, named Juvenal who asked once jokingly, Who's going to guard the guards? Mm -hmm. And the question is here, she's saying we, the federal government, are going to hold the media accountable. That's certainly not their role. But then the question is, who's going to hold her and the gatekeepers accountable? And that's the fear. And the notion that somehow the government's going to do this, uh, you know, in a dispassionate way, they're not going to, it's not going to reflect their biases. There aren't going to be important judgment calls. They're not going to do it in a way that's self-serving, that the process is never going to be corrupt is laughable. And that's why we have to have a marketplace of ideas. People should be able to decide on their own. Was the Hunter Biden laptop real or not? And the average American is hard, is smart enough to when they hear that information to determine for themselves, we should not have a faceless bureaucrat in Washington deciding that because who is watching them? And if it was up to them, no one would be watching them. And that's exactly the problem, right? The only reason we know about this is because of what The Intercept was able to obtain. The reason why The Intercept was able to obtain it is because of a lawsuit by the Missouri attorney general candidate, right? Because he's saying, look, you guys are doing, this is not okay. Right. And so I think it's one thing to, to decide that we're going to do it. It's another thing to actively suppress it. And I think that's the concern. And by the way, the, the larger concern is that Department of Homeland Security is not the only agency doing things that they don't want you to know about. There's something going on at DOJ. Tell us what's going on at DOJ. This is in parallel well, with what Homeland Security Yeah, I think parallel. I mean, that's the thing is like, as you like to say, sometimes even the paranoids do have people out to get them. <laughs> <laughs> and so sometimes multiple agencies in the federal government are actively working to, I think, potentially impact the election. Right. So what, what the Department of Justice does is they have uh, this plan. And they have this this thing called promoting access to voting. And it's a thing that they've actually been sued that they have to disclose what their 15 page plan is to protect and make sure that the elections are secure and equitable. But it's, they're not just doing that. Right. I mean, you talk about you think about the Department of Justice, you have the lady with the blindfold on. Right. Yes, because justice yes. is blind. And she's got the scales of justice that are well, supposed to be balanced. In Joe Biden's America, Lady Justice <laughs> is actually an active ballot harvester. She's got a <laughs> roster of Democrat voters and right. she's got a stack of ballots. And, and the blindfold's taken away yeah, because it's selective favoring one she, side or the other. She's looking for a drop box to go take him to. Be <laughs> um, because there's an executive order under the Biden administration, which again, part of the issue is, is it's not transparent. They were sued yeah. for this. Yeah. They issued a 15 pages that was mostly heavily redacted. Right. And you have to think about the context this is occurring in. So four years ago, we're all voting, or two years ago, excuse me, we're all voting under the pandemic. And so like, people are trying to figure out what it looks like to conduct an election with new health and safety protocols. And so Mark Zuckerberg, here's this big tech 
can you know merger again helpfully gave hundreds of millions of dollars in grants to different elections officials and elections outfits throughout the state what we now know is that money essentially became was a way to launder political activism and get out the vote operations through election administration right and so what's happened now is many states, including Florida and elsewhere, said, hey, we're not taking this nonpartisan money. That was wrong. Like, it might have been legal, but it was wrong. Right. And it impacted the, the way we did elections. And so now here comes the Department of Justice. And like the executive order under the Biden administration says one of the things that they're going to do is provide agencies to assist voters by, quote, distributing voter registration and vote by mail ballot application forms assisting applicants in completing voter registration and vote-by-mail application forms, and, quote, soliciting and facilitating approved third-party organizations and state officials to provide voter registration services on agency premises. So just think about this. The Department of Justice. How is this their job? Which, you know, was, didn't become a full-time agency until 1870 because it, they meant to prosecute KKK officials, right, right, under Ulysses S. Grant. Before that, the Attorney General under Abraham Lincoln was like a part-time employee, <laughs> Right, really right yeah. and so now we're like no 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 no. let's uh let's uh, let's help granny fill out her voter form on behalf of whatever third party group we like well you know and, and i guess you know and i'm being sarcastic here of course i mean the department of justice is doing a fantastic job keeping <laughs> violence off the streets right they're doing a great job of helping to secure our borders along with the you know the the border protection so maybe they're justified in venturing into this new area but it just yeah it's like do they not have enough to do and are they doing any of it particularly well? I mean, they, you, you have the whole issue of the investigation of Hunter Biden. They've been dragging their feet on this issue. You have other issues of political bias and favor occurring at DOJ. And now they're going to inject themselves in the electoral process. By, by the way, I don't think they have any role in their charter when they were established as part of the federal government. I don't know where they get the idea that they have any authority to do this mm. they're just taking that authority yeah i mean it's been part of the authority like the department of justice has a role they have the civil rights division sure to defend so, to defend voting rights but i think that's Absolutely. the key i mean think about just the word you use defend right. as opposed to aggressively proactively facilitate right and i think that's and that's the difference and so you now have the department of homeland security aggressively deciding what information that they're going to find and I mean, they're monitoring social media right they're not like looking for al-qaeda they're yeah. looking for right-wing radicals right and um, here's and here's the thing everybody should be worried about by the way right now there are probably people in the audience who are left of center mm -hmm. and they i've got no problem with this this is good because i believe in joe biden i believe in what joe biden's trying to do well guess what at some point there's probably going to be a conservative republican president are you going to have the same confidence? This is the problem with these institutions getting involved because you're going to have basically half of America that is, does not have trust and faith in who the president is. And as they meddle in these, these sort of gray areas, these blurred areas that they're not really supposed to be involved, people get suspicious and rightfully so. So you may be a liberal Democrat who says, I have no problem with Joe Biden monitoring social media. But what's going to happen if there's a conservative Republican and vice versa? Conservative Republicans are going to be very concerned that Joe Biden is looking at this because they know that there are biases when political leaders are going to make these choices and these decisions. And to me, the most troubling thing is like there's two pieces to it. I mean, one, there's the proactive posture, as you noted, right? There's yeah. the aggressive voting 
assistance by the part of Department of Justice, which I think will actually be targeted in a partisan way. Um, and then there's also the yeah the aggressive kind of coordination with big tech companies on part of the Department of Homeland Security. But other than just that that proactive posture, the other thing they have in common is the total lack of transparency. If this is actually a valid and legitimate function of the federal government, then be honest about it and why hide it. And even when faced with FOIA lawsuits, the federal agencies are still actively trying to disclose to not disclose it. Yeah. In, in other words, they don't want the average American to do right. to know what they're actually doing. They want to hide it from it. They want to obscure it. And of course, the question is going to always be who's going to guard the guards themselves. Uh, and they clearly don't want the American people to be guarding them. I mean, if you were looking to get some Roman, Roman poetry on your podcast, you're welcome. <laughs> Peter Schweitz, everybody. <laughs> right. Just don't ask me to say that phrase in Latin, please. That uh, that would be a problem. Well, what are your final thoughts on this? How important is this? Is this going to be a continuing trend? Are we going to see more federal government agencies move in this direction, become more politicized, become instruments and arms of political parties? Because yeah. that's really what you could argue in both of these cases is is happening. I mean, what evidence do we have to suggest that they won't be? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think just look at the trends. So If they can get away with it. But I do think that the comparing it to the CDC is really good, too, because it's like, okay, like we have a mission, but then... If that's not an active threat anymore, I mean, what do they always say? This one, Rick Scott's idea, I think, is maybe not terrible. I know that people are criticizing because they think, oh, Rick Scott's basic plan was any law or any kind of federal agency has to be renewed every five years. And it's like, oh, you want Social Security is going to go away. Washington gridlock's going to keep some of these things from happening, which is why even like Marco Rubio and people kind of distance themselves from it. But the reality is if you don't do that, then this happens. Right. Right. Yeah. You just got kind of get set on like auto renew. And yeah. next thing you know, like I signed up for that gym 12 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been, but I'm still paying for it. Yeah. And in this case, what you have is a convergence of these government bureaucracies that are involved in mission creep and the sort of political activists mm -hmm. that are part of these organizations come together, expand these uh, abilities and rights and powers of these government agencies is a way that threatens our our liberties. What's what's interesting about this, Eric, is that this is kind of part of the permanent state, right? You're talking about federal bureaucracies, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Justice. If the Republicans take the House and the Senate, it's not really going to change this in any way, right? I mean, these government agencies are going to continue to operate and do these things because they're part of the permanent state. The only way you maybe get it changed is if you get a change of presidential administration. But of course, as we saw with Donald Trump, uh, bureaucracies can resist things that the president of the United States wants to do as well. So the question is, is how do you deal with and solve this problem if they seem to be immune to elections themselves. Would you compare it to back under the Obama administration when it was disclosed that the IRS was targeting conservative nonprofits yeah. and, and auditing them and kind of harassing them with the power of the federal government? The only thing Republicans could do at that time, I think, was to hold hearings and ask questions and expose. You're suggesting that even Republicans win as historically has happened, right? Where Republicans gain some in seats in the Senate and the House, that all they can do then in terms of oversight is ask questions, but they can't actually stop these proactive practices. That's right. I mean, they're going to be in the outside looking in. They can certainly use their investigative capabilities to subpoena these government agencies. But remember Lois Lerner, you know, sitting before Congress talking about the IRS, she essentially blew them off. There was very little that they could actually do in the context. And that's what's truly scary about this. These are unelected people. They're largely not accountable 
to the legislative branch because the Attorney General of the United States, the Secretary of Homeland Security in the Biden administration are not going to cooperate or make changes just because a Republican Congress is calling them out on these issues. It's interesting to think about Lois Lerner. I guess the one thing you can say about Nina Jankowicz is what she was doing at DHS, the disinformation board, as terrifying as Lois Lerner. At least she gave us a song and dance with it. (laughs) That's right. There is that upside. Well, we appreciate you as always listening to our podcast. We'd love to uh, hear your input and thoughts. Uh, You can find out about our podcasts and publications at thedrilldown.com. Thanks for listening.